Welcome to Your Cyber Path, the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job by sharing the secrets of experienced hiring managers and top cybersecurity professionals with you. Now, on to the show. Hi, I'm Kip Boyle. And today, uh, welcome, well, first of all, welcome to your cyber path and uh, glad you're here. And today I'm actually here without Jason Dion, who's my regular co-host, but Jason's taking a well-deserved vacation. And uh, so I hope he's having a, a good time uh, in his time off and, uh, but the show must go on, right? So today is, uh, we're, we're doing episode 81, and it's called How to Negotiate a Pay Raise. And we're going to uh, learn how Ed Skipka negotiated his pay raise. Now, you may remember, Ed, if you listen to episode 58, uh, which was called How to Get Hired with No Experience, which was uh, another thing that Ed did. He's a bit of a superhero, right? So he got he got a cybersecurity job with no cybersecurity experience. Then he went on to negotiate himself a really great pay raise. And so I, when he told me that, I was like, Ed, you got to come back. And you have to tell the audience how you did that because uh, I think that is uh, incredibly motivational when you hear somebody actually, you know, tell you how they did it. Uh, you can can really unlock doors that you thought uh, were locked to you. So, uh, so Ed's previous episode with us again that was episode fifty-eight, and that was published back on November twenty-six, twenty twenty-one. Really encourage you to go back and listen to that uh, to that episode. Um, and uh, and Ed's been very busy, but uh, but he's found some time to come in and talk to us. So we're gonna recap Ed's cyberpath. Like, how did he? How did he? You know, do what he did which we discussed in detail on episode 58. And then we're going to talk about how he successfully nav uh, negotiated uh, his pay raise. So Ed, so glad you're here. Thank you for being our guest again and for sharing more of your story with us. Of course, it's an honor to be here again. And uh, I, I forgot to thank you in the first episode and I've been kicking myself ever since. I just kind of launched cold right into my story and uh i'm not going to miss that opportunity now i appreciate you having me back on it's it's an honor and uh anything to help anybody else out there uh i'm i'm here for that i love your generous spirit thank you so much i'm sure nobody listening to your previous episode was probably thinking man i really wish i had taken a couple of minutes and thanked Kip. <laughs> they probably loved that you just jumped right into it. Uh, so, but listen, it's not a problem. And uh, and that's, you know, the, just your generous spirit, but really there's such an overall spirit of generosity, I think, in the cybersecurity career field. It's not a very big field. And I keep encountering the same people again and again. And what's really interesting is sometimes when I encounter somebody, uh, we're just, Coworkers on a team, and then the next time I encounter them, uh, they're my customer because you know we've changed jobs, and then the tables turn, and then I'm their customer, and then you know, and then they show up to interview for a job, and I'm on the interview board. I mean, it's just it just goes like that. So it really pays to be generous and treat people right, and I, I and I just really like the way you do that, Ed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so let's get to it now. First of all, let's do a, a quick recap. So anybody who hasn't listened to episode 58, but I, I think you all know, go listen to episode 58. That's what I want you to do. But let's do a, a quick recap. So uh, you're, you've are you got a, um, a bachelor's degree, 
but it's in in education and, and music, right? Yes. Uh, and since our last interview, I've gotten my second bachelor's, but I won't jump over uh, the cart here just yet. But um, yeah, my my beginnings were as a musician. Uh, I have a dual bachelor's in professional music and music education, Berkeley College of Music, totally into music, didn't have a, a technology background. Uh, Berkeley used a lot of technology in the school and to uh, bring it to education, but uh, I was not a comp sci or an engineering electrical, none of that type of background to you know how I got in. This is one of the reasons why I think you're such a, a uh, an encouraging person because we talk to a lot of people who come to us and say, oh, I didn't study technology as an undergraduate. Do I have any chance of getting into cybersecurity? We're like, heck yeah. And they get surprised. They're like, really? We're like, <laughs> yeah, it can happen to you. And I think you're a wonderful poster child, right, for for you know the fact that Jason and Kip are not lying when we say that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pin all your hopes on me, but I I can be at least that for you. Yeah, that's great. And then uh and then at, at some point before you switched into cyber, uh tell us about like what kind of work history you had. Uh, I was just doing odd jobs out of um out of Berkeley and kind of just teaching on the side a little bit. I was at a bike shop. Um I started a little bit before completing Berkeley uh great bike shop landers bicycles in boston if you're ever around there great great people um and i i sold bikes and i took it upon myself to kind of be the back end associate analyst person for the work orders mm. I, I like selling bikes i like in, improving people's lives but i just i saw these little things so i would uh you know we had work orders and orders and repairs and all this logistics stuff that was in an oracle database um, and I just, I found ways to kind of pump up the efficiency, but it was really good. I, you know, I, I bought lots of bike equipment cause it was half off and, uh, all the people around me were very passionate about, uh, being healthy, but not in a toxic way. Like they just wanted to improve everybody's lives. And, uh, they were very passionate about what they did and it was a great environment before that I was kind of working in some restaurants and it's a mixed bag. I, I liked a lot of the people. But you can see that uh, it's a totally different vibe. I was yeah. working late nights and my my health was not the focus at that point. So really moving over to uh, the bike shop um, was was a step up for me from that transition from college. And you know, this is the other thing that I really like about your story is not only do you not have a technology uh, bachelor's degree, but, um, you know, the way you got into this is is you figured out how to make uh, technology kind of like a, an additional duty for yourself, so to speak, right? You, you took it upon yourself to start messing around with that Oracle database and, and to start, you know, learning, uh, technology on the job. So many people have jobs today that strictly speaking, you know, are not technology jobs, or maybe they are in a technology job, but they don't think that they can do any cybersecurity. And that's just not true. There's so many opportunities. You just have to look around and find them and then get yourself uh, into it. And I think that's been a key to your success. We certainly try to encourage people to do that. Okay. Now, how did you go? Oh, now, how did you get your first tech job? Tell us about that. Sure. So there was a number of years, just odd jobs, holding down the fort, um, unemployment here and there, which is, you know, can be discouraging after a while, but yeah. Talking with a friend, uh, they were actually going to be leaving Oahu at the time. But before that, they he was actually a regional manager. Um, so it pays to know somebody. 
but uh, he got me an interview and I got in the room and I made sure to have a clear folder that had um, my sec plus uh, professor Messer and Jason Dion notes on the back. So they knew that, you know, I was working on my cert at the time. So when I walked in the room, they're like, Oh yeah, he is working on it. He doesn't have the experience, but he's, he's working on the cert we need him to get. Um, and they, they saw that and I went to school or I had learned some things in the past and that really informed that I'm, I'm hungry to learn. I was, I really wanted to be there. It wasn't just a job. I was looking for almost a new purpose honestly, in life. And I, I was attacking it with uh, with vigor and curiosity that I wanted to be there. And they said, okay, you know, you just find a subcontractor to us. You know, we'll give you a shot. You have 90 days probationary period. And uh, my buddy actually had me talk to another subcontractor. They looked through my resume and they're like, well, you've done some logistics things. You, know, you have a bachelor's it's in a different thing but we could tell that you know you've you've learned a lot of stuff in the past um but you do you do need to get the sec plus um once you do that we can start your clearance process because this is a government job which is another hurdle uh, i found somebody that was able to sponsor that that first clearance wow if i could yeah which is that's that's pretty big but yep. um the state of cyber right now i i think people more hurdles in front of themselves because of that clearance than they need to, especially at a lower level of clearance. You, if you have some certification or background that you can show, uh, people might be able to take a chance on that lower level of clearance and you can build your way up, build your, your jobs up. But uh, they gave me a chance um, and I got into that uh, tier two, which in this would mean, uh, you know, a, a step above help desk. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were field service uh, engineers or technicians um, that would go out on site to do uh, the IT work. Right. But yeah. Now, uh, again, more great things about your story about how you were able to demonstrate some of the things that I that I call skills that can't be trained. Right. Like like curiosity. I, I can't train somebody to be curious. You're either curious or you're not. I don't know how to how to you know create curiosity in a person who doesn't already have it. And so I love that. I love the fact that you've managed to find an opportunity where people were willing to take a chance on you, particularly the uh, uh, the security clearance. But we go into we go into all of this in great detail in episode 58. So I don't I don't want to unpack everything here. Uh, sure. So um, but anyway, so so you got that IT job and um, and and you were in, in the field service. And then I think you went for uh, like a watch officer, right? So you had another, you had a completely different experience there, right? Where you were uh, <laughs> working at night and yeah. uh, and it was boring a lot, right? So I would say you yes. put in your dues. I mean, you were willing to work jobs that maybe most people would not be willing to work because they, you know, they, they, uh, they wouldn't think, you know, that, that uh, maybe that, that work was beneath them. I don't know, but uh, it's certainly, you know, not the, not the best schedule. Uh, for somebody, but I I think sometimes you have to make these kinds of trade-offs, right? Is that what you were thinking? Right. Yeah. I mean, when I got into IT, I I didn't necessarily say I want to go into cybersecurity. I'm going to make some money. I'm going to start up. Um, I just it was a job, and then it became a passion, and then I really like cyber. So at that almost two year mark, I was like, I want to get to a place that has more cyber. My contract said, hey. If we get you over here, there's there's more stuff going on over there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's going to be night shift. You're going to be working 9 p.m. to 
7 a.m. And, you know, you're just going to have to deal with that for a while. You're going to yeah. pay your dues and you're going to get an opportunity that comes in front of you possibly. Um, and yeah, I, I use that time because it was boring because no one's there. Uh, we're monitoring, you know, East Coast, West Coast, uh, all of the Pacific AOR, but a lot of people still aren't up. So right. you're watching tv we had three tvs in there we had to keep one as uh as our operations but the rest we could do whatever we want with and i took that time to fill in some gaps of knowledge and uh but yeah i it took a little over two years to get to where i am now my third job you always talk about the two-step i had a three-step yeah. um it took a little over two years but it seemed to go by fast and you want to use that time wisely yeah so when you land that first job, you're useful on day one. You don't want to get the job before you're ready because then then you can really uh, mess up your your reputation. You right. get the job and you're just you're not very useful. And they're like, oh, well, we're not going to give that guy another chance. Like, <laughs> yeah. he really messed us up. <laughs> yeah. 90 day probation. How about 30 day probation? You're yeah, how about now. this week? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a week of probation. So fast forward. You got uh you got a really great cybersecurity job as a vulnerability management analyst. And um now I, I noticed there's like some acronyms uh sort of after your job title, like HBSS slash ESS. What's that? Uh so HBSS, host-based security system, uh ESS is a branch off of that. It used to be under McAfee. Um, a McAfee product for host-based security. Uh, so there's a little agent that's Tattletale that's on all these endpoint servers, whatever, and it monitors, um, you know, it has data loss prevention on it. It has policies. It has firewalls on a host basis. Um, so I wear two hats, but I am more on the scanning, vulnerability scanning and enumerating and all, the, you know, uh, informing the sysadmins to how to patch and what to do. But I also do host-based security for McAfee Trellix. Um, mm. uh, and that's that's a big thing within the DoD is that's kind of their their solution um, for host-based. There's like, you know, there's Carbon Black and all these other um, offerings, but that's what the DoD, you know, bought. And that's, that's my other hat that I wear. Got it. Okay. Now, uh, again, we're just kind of recapping because we really want to get to the subject, which is, you know, how did you get this pay raise, but since you uh, had your um, interview with us uh, in the uh, episode 58, uh, we, you told me you did as you finished your bachelor's degree in cybersecurity and information assurance, you've uh, put three more certifications in your pocket and uh, and and you, you actually moved up uh, to take more responsibility, which is kind of what you were just talking about there. And then at about the eight month point, you got a, you got a pay raise and you won a company award. And that's not even the pay raise that we're here to talk about. Tell us a little yeah. bit about how you got the pay raise and the award. Also, I mean, you know, you have to find your your mentors and your advocates. And I understand that for some workplaces, you are going to be paying your dues. People are always worried about themselves. They might not be very apt to uh, build you up. And I always find that it's incredible what you can achieve if you don't care who gets the credit. <laughs> and a lot of times that's not the case. Um, but there is going to be somebody, either a supervisor or a fellow person that's been there longer. So I found my advocates and that happened to be, you know, the person that really got me the job mm -hmm. uh, or at least got me 
set in for my interview, who was a former customer, was the project manager for uh, the contract that I was going to be working on. So he's like, you know, I've we've had a lot of people come through. I see you're ambitious. Um, you're you're doing all these things, and I I want to build that. He has a PMP, so he's very project minded and building people up and progression. So uh, I kept documentation and metrics of all the things I was doing. Uh, this many accounts, uh, our compliance went from this percentage to this percentage, and I was able to show uh, exactly what I did and how it helped. Uh -huh. um, and you know, you don't necessarily want to overdo that. Like, wow, I am so helpful. And it's like, yeah, that's why we gave you the job to do the thing. Like, but you can show this is my job. I'm doing the job, but here are the things that I'm also doing above that. Um, that would necessitate almost a raise because it's like, wow, we want to keep you around. You're becoming extremely valuable and you're solving all these problems above what your just day-to-day -day tasks are. Uh, you want to make it to the point where they almost feel compelled because they want to keep you around. Right. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how I started the process. Yeah. Retention, right? Hiring managers and supervisors, if they, uh, you know, if you're doing a great job and you're, uh, you know, checking all the boxes, you're getting things done, customers are happy, well, then supervisors want you to stay. And so giving you a pay raise is, is a, is a form of, of doing that, of retaining you, right? Of letting you know that we value you and we want you to hang around. Now, you got a 25% pay raise, uh, <laughs> which is amazing. And you talked a little bit about, about how, uh, kind of how you did that. Um, what, what else? Like, so, so think about the people who are listening to this episode. Um, and they're like, man, you know, how, how could I do that? Um, if I remember correctly from, from, from planning this episode, one of the things that happened was you interviewed for another job, right? That was part of the story about how you got your pay raise, right? Right. I, I initially engaged with my project manager and was like, at six months, we're going to, I'm going to put this letter in and we're going to see if we can get you nominated for that quarterly award. Because mm. uh, they do it quarterly, which is weird to be nominated for a quarterly award once you've been there for one quarter. But uh, <laughs> Good uh, for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we were going for. Um, and then we just built on that. And being in the DOD, there's the 8570, which is the, the certifications that kind of tell you where you are in your career. So for me, it was a little bit easier to show um, my progression. Um, my clearance uh, upgrade also got adjudicated. So I was more valuable because I wasn't waiting for that higher clearance. So that was valuable. But getting the, the cloud security um, professional from IC squared bumped me into another tier. Mm. of a IA technician three, where I was a two before. Okay. Um, so that was within the DOD. I was able to show I'm no longer, you know, I, I did these job duties, but also within the industry, I'm, I'm growing and growing. So I engaged with our program manager who, you know, has been very receptive, um, but they are a program manager. They look at numbers and they look at people and they're like, you know, at, at first they're going to say, well, why would I pay you more? You're doing a great job. Well, if you want to go somewhere else, then you know that's really what it's going to take. So, we we had a nice conversation. She was very understanding, and she was like, "It would really help if you had an offer." I'm like, mm. "Okay." I, I and I had been engaging with um with a recruiter because you find once you get 
four, six, eight months into a cyber position, you have a couple certs, um, that initial uh, hurdle of getting another job falls away. Recruiters mm -hmm. are contacting you on LinkedIn. Um, and that's, I increased my engagement on LinkedIn as well, but they, they start coming after you. And a lot of times it's jobs that are not jobs you want or the pay you want, but they're at least reaching out to you. So a recruiter had reached out to me um, for basically the same job I was doing before mm. the tier two job, the first job. Um, and I said, you know what? I already had that job. I, I feel I've exceeded that in this many ways. This is where I would like to go. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went onto their job board, the, to their website. And I said, you know what? There's a security engineer senior position. That sounds really attractive to me. I'd really like mm -hmm. that. So we set up a call. Um, we talked about it and she said, yeah, you're, you're, it looks like you're you're lined up. Your years of experience isn't quite where they want it. Uh -huh. uh, they wanted, you know, seven to ten years, like every other position. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I'll I'll get you with the account manager that oversees that, and then we can see what, you know, if you get through him, then we can possibly set up an interview. Uh, I love that you were not put off by that, by the way, that I'm sure you saw that, right? The seven to oh, 10 yeah. years, but you just, you just kept going. And I want to, I want to compliment you for that because Thank a lot you. of people would be like, oh, I'm not even going to try. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and, and we'll find out later how it, how it turned out, but, um, <laughs> and I don't try to, if it's like, okay, a director level, I, I know. I can't even do that job, whether I wanted to or not. I don't have the, the acumen and the years and years of experience. I would fail at that job. I don't want to be a CEO or a CTO right now. Um, I think I would be, at, at this point, not ready to, I would be a disservice to that that job. But you know, engineering jobs, and they're like, these are the skills you need. Mm -hmm. Here's the, cert, the certs you need. And here's the where we're going with the position. I'm like, that actually sounds like exactly what I want to do and expand into. And I have a lot of those qualifications, at least 60, 70% of the qualifications. Perfect. So I, why not, you know, get me in front of a person and see if I can talk to them. Um, and then that's how we, I got to the account manager and he, he liked my resume. And again, they kind of talked about the years of experience, but he's like, well, we'll set up an interview, you know? Mm. And, um, and so what were you thinking at this point? Because originally the reason why you went ahead and 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 responded to a recruiter's outreach to you is because you were trying to get this pay raise and the advice that you had gotten in that process was it would be great if you had an outside offer right oh 100 and uh it's i really wanted to stay where i was because i liked the team at least for a little bit yeah uh, this is a really good developmental um area where i could learn a lot it's the the schedule is more flexible. Um, people are understanding you're left mm -hmm. to your work because it's it's kind of a, a, a SME, SME level position where you do your work, you're expected to do your work, and then people don't micromanage you. So yeah. that's that's tough to find. Mm -hmm. But you know, I've I was coming up on that six to eight months, and I'm like, well, the rest of the the industry is gonna pay me this. Mm -hmm. And I really like this. But at the same time, if I could get paid 25% more, that would really, you know, I've already gotten about a 18% bump from my last job. Um, this would really put me in a bracket, in a, a spot that I could be really comfortable yeah. and really make some moves and pay down some student debt from that right. first degree. And um, this would be great. 
So I wanted to stay, but yeah, I, I engaged with it because okay. now, uh, now at this point you you're doing it because you want you want to get that increased compensation, which is completely understandable. Um, but at this point, were you starting to think like, oh wow, like here's a senior job that I might be able to get because I'm getting these signals from the um, you know from the organization that you know okay you know you're not quite you know you're not, you're you're not quite meeting all the requirements but we do like what we what we see so let's keep talking let's keep talking and i'm wondering at this point were you thinking like well maybe i am going to leave this employer that i'm with now because you know we'll see what happens but i got to think that you were at least you know starting to think about the, the possibility that you weren't now just trying to get an offer to increase comp you might actually get a different job from this right and we did go on to two interviews after those first screening calls. The one was with the, the, the security ops manager, and I did well with that. And I really liked the guy. That would be kind of be my my overhead, not my direct report, but you know, uh, my boss's boss or boss's boss's boss. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is a really cool guy. This seems like a cool mission. Um, and then I got in with the engineers and an, a, a net ops lead, and I was like. These people seem like they would be cool to work with. Um, it's work from home. And, uh, you know, you go in every Friday, you know, maybe two times a month. And everybody's just trying to bust out certs. They're going to Sands Institute. They'll pay for it once a year, maybe. I was like, yeah, this is this is actually sounding pretty good. <laughs> um, but again, that, that was a real confidence booster that I was engaging with it. And this this was one of the first opportunities that, I didn't have an inside person. I didn't have a referral. This was someone that reached out to give me my old job two jobs ago. And somehow I'm talking about a senior position where, you know, a year and a half ago, I wouldn't be looking at senior security engineer positions. It's like, right. that's, well, maybe five years from now. Right. You know, this is not even, I'm not even in the ballpark of me even being able to do that job. And I engaged with this opportunity knowing that, I could be at least 60 to 70% of what this job needed. Um, and that happened very quickly yeah. within the last year, year and a half. And that, and, that was and, cool. And Ed, I'm seeing that too, just, uh, just so you know, uh, and for everybody who's listening, uh, there is a lot of opportunity to, uh, to have career progression sooner than you expected, because there's a lot of demand for people with, uh, with you know, curiosity and integrity Right. And, and, uh, and, and who, you know, uh, who have, you know, who show up uh, with humility and, and they want to learn. And so even if you don't quite need all the requirements, there's just this sort of vacuum that's, that's, that's happening and it's pulling people up faster than, than they might otherwise be able to do. So I'm really glad you, you mentioned that. And, uh, and, and, and on my team, I just, I just, uh, experienced that very uh, in a very real way because I hired somebody six months ago and I I didn't expect him to stay uh, for a long long time but during the hiring process we got to talk in and and the the impression I came away with was well maybe he'll stay on the team for two or three years right but boom right about the <laughs> six month point he came to me and he said I just got offered my dream job uh, you know, vice president of information security at this credit union. And I was like, 
what what can I do? Right? Like I'm so <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm a little I'm a little disappointed for me, but I'm so happy for you. Absolutely. With my blessing, you should go and do that. And whatever we can do to help you be successful in your new job, just let us know. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the cool things about being in cybersecurity right now. Okay, sorry, that was a that was a big uh, divergent there. But so okay. let's get back to your story. You you you're now you're 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 starting to have conversations about this about this new senior uh, position. Then what happened? Well, they were kind of stalwarting me a little bit because that's they're a business, and it's it's very tough because this company that I work for. Uh, it, it's a family. It's an Ohana here. It's it's local and folks getting together. And we've been to, we've been out to eat. I've been out to eat with the program manager and the VP above her. Um, I got along with them. They're great people. And now I'm kind of met with this business front where it's like, come on, you know me, you know I'm good for it, you know. But they had to go through. Uh, two or three VPs to get, because that's a significant raise. I I, I acknowledge that, um, you know, it's tough uh, to get like, hey, I want 25% more. That That's a right. lot. But, a big number. Yeah, that's a big number. So I had to go through a lot of folks. Um, I was just more and more, I was like, I kind of like this other job. You know, it'd be nice to have the flexibility of being home. I, I'm a person that actually would prefer a hybrid. I don't want full remote or full there, but okay. I was like, it would be nice, you know, three, four days of the week to be home, to take care of some stuff, but also mm -hmm. take care of your work. And these people are really cool. And I see this, this could really launch me off on another branch of the tree. Um, this could be a good opportunity for me. So it went from 90% wanting to stay even if they kind of met half of what I was asking for to, well, there are other people that value me at this number, you know, things are always worth what someone's willing to pay for them. And you have to kind of steal yourself away slightly and not take it personally. Right. Um, and just look at it. It, it. This is your value and you can build that value and you can seek out that value. And there's nothing more valuable than someone else saying, this is worth something. You put a number on it. And I, I went to them. I said, this is the posting. This is what they're looking to pay this position. This is what I'm asking, which is actually less than that. And I'm actually advanced in the stages. Every It took about two and a half weeks for them to come back to me um, with that final, like, hey, you know, it's going to start. And they actually, they started, they gave me that in the middle of May and they started that raise in June. So they actually started at the next pay period, which was you know, that's, that's awesome too. Um, but it took two and a half weeks every, a week would go by, I would send them an email. And then that second week I was a little bit more aggressive. I said, Hey, I went through two screenings, two interviews. I believe they went extremely well. Mm -hmm. And again, this is what they're looking to pay this position. Right. Um, I'm actually asking for less. Uh, I would love to stay. I would love to build this team. I would love to keep, you know, building with this, this team. And they're like, okay, you know, thank you for being so frank and upfront about this. Um, and I, I don't think you need to be aggressive and mean, but it's all about leverage and mm -hmm. and not taking it personally in that point. You right. just have to say, 
I am worth this. You right. know, I, I am worth this number at least. And yeah. if not more, I could probably go find somebody else that's going to pay me more, but yeah, this is what I'm getting now. This is what I'm asking for. And I, I believe I, I deserve it. Yeah. I'm not entitled to it, but I, I deserve it. And I think you also have to be ready to leave if they rebuke you, right? You, I, if you get to that point where you're having that conversation in order to be credible, you already have to believe in your heart that if they're not going to give you the increase that you're going to leave, right? Because if you, mm -hmm. if they don't give you the increase and you stay, then one of the messages they'll get from that is, oh, he was never really that serious. And so, you know, uh, we don't ever have to worry about this again. Like, you know, he'll, he'll never come back and try to do this again. And, uh, you know, and you don't want that, right? That that's not a favorable position for you to be in. So let me recap something here. So, uh, so you're at your current employer, you, you're asking for an increase in your compensation. They say it help if you had a, uh, an outside offer. So you go off and you get an outside offer and then you bring it back and you go through this process and, and ultimately you, you win and you do get increased pay in your current job. But I want to explore something else. What did you do with that outside offer? Did, did you, you know, what happened there? Because uh, like, did they, did they, did they, they actually offer you the job? So here's, here's the kicker. Um, maybe you can hear my cat in the background, but nope. uh, <laughs> good. Very, very good. Uh, the kicker was I, I didn't get my offer, my official offer letter before um, getting the raise. Mm. I, I said, this is the range. This is how far I'm in the process. And I am serious about leaving, which I was. You do have to have that in your heart that uh, in every negotiation, you have a number yep. and you have to have some dignity about it. And again, not personal, not taking it personally. This is what I'm worth. And I I thank you. And no, thank you type of thing. And so that was my number. I was sticking to it. They said, can you lower the number? Um, can we can we have this as a series of phrases up to that number? And I said, no, this is actually what I'm worth within mm -hmm. the industry. Um, and they they gave me what I asked for exactly, which was great. Uh, and then maybe three or four days later, uh, I got a call from the the manager, the, the account manager. I said, we'd like to offer you that job. And here's the thing was, he said that was a level three senior uh, or level four engineer position with this mm -hmm. company. I said, you know, we, we want seven years of experience. You know, you have three, four. Uh, we're going to give you a level three, which is going to be at that time. The top end of it was going to be about a 15 percent raise. Mm -hmm. So I was like. I, you know, I really like your mission and I have already been offered. 25%. Uh, is that a possibility? And they're like, no, you know, this is really what the customer came back with. Uh -huh. And I was like, you know, it, it's bittersweet. It was disappointing. Um, but that's what they came back with. And I said, you know, I, I thank you very much for the opportunity to, to interview with you. I really like the company and the, the people, the team, it's great. Um, but I have, I have been offered more, mm -hmm. um, you know, not an insignificant amount, 10% over what you're offering. Um, and I'm going to have to go with that because I really, I already liked the job I had. Right. If I just like absolutely did not, and I wanted to jump ship, then I probably would have taken that 15%. But yeah, they, they came back three days later with the, the offer and said, we're going to give you a mid senior and rather than a senior position, 
um, is is that okay with you? And I actually had to turn it down because it was it was less than I had originally negotiated with my my current company. That's that's fabulous. So um, okay, so what I'm hearing you say is you you had you were in the perfect position. You had two employers, your current employer, and then this other employer. They're both seeing you as irresistible. They both want you on their team, and you are the one who gets to choose, right? Which one you're going to take <laughs> and, and on your own terms. And mm -hmm. Ed, this is what I uh, want for everybody that I work with who are you know coming to me and saying, Kip, how do I get into cybersecurity or, or how do I get promoted or how do I get a pay raise? And this, this idea that, uh, that, that you, you get to choose for multiple competing offers, both of which are better than the one you have right now, Congratulations. What a Thank wonderful you. place to be. Thank you. And, you know, what works for me won't necessarily work for everybody else, but there are lots of bedrock foundations that you can you can build in yourself, building it up. And I'd say not including my mileage and overtime of that first job, which <laughs> like I had already said in that other episode was my secondary income. Um, if you just take my base rate of pay, I've just about doubled my pay in about two and a half years. That's amazing. Um, which the pay when I first started, it was not bad at all. So it's not like I was going from mm -hmm. $5 to $10 right an hour or something like that. Um, but, you know, just I and I through this journey, I've seen people that are happy or complacent. You have to make that decision for yourself. If you're happy where you are and you work for a school system you're going to get paid less more than likely. Mm -hmm. And you have to weigh these multiple things, work-life balance, benefits, package, uh, flexibility, the team you're working on. Because if you just go to another job because they're going to pay you more and you're miserable, oh, you yeah. leave in three to four months. And that that is really bad. And it doesn't look as bad in the DOD contracting world. People hop four to six months all over. Doesn't necessarily matter that much but if you're in the private sector and you stay there four months and you have a bad experience they didn't like you or you didn't succeed then that's just gonna shoot you in the foot so yeah the other things i was looking at for this job was okay they offered me 10 percent less but again this security engineer really go they really wanted a threat hunter mm. and that's something i'm really interested in i want to get more into that i in vulnerability management you're kind of doing things after the fact yeah. Um, to kind of drive compliance and you're, you're doing security operations rather than forensics and like catching the, the indicator of compromise. So that was really attractive to me that I could be a threat hunter for all these different folks. The other thing was that it was work from home hybrid, um, that for some people that have to pay for daycare or don't prefer to commute, I commute, uh, a total of an hour and a half a day, hour and 40 minutes, um, mm. And some days that really grates on me. Uh, so, you know, you take your pay rate at least and the time that you're driving and that's how much time you're losing every day. You have to yep. wake up earlier um, so that you have to take all these things into consideration. And my first job up to this job, I'm getting paid more, but also I pay way less for my medical, um, which is another thing. You know, if, if they don't pay any of your medical or you have a very... You can end up paying five, six hundred dollars per person for your medical. And if you take more money, but now you're paying significantly more for your medical, you have to take all these little pieces into account yeah. and yeah. how it's going to benefit you. Don't just look at a number 
it's a total package and it's your life. I mean, work, that's right. life balance. It's kind of funny to say that, but work is also your life. You have to yeah. take that into account. Um, whether if you're going to be extremely miserable, you better be getting paid a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you you're, can totally yeah. enjoy your yeah, time off, but your your misery costs. <laughs> right. Uh, well, what a confidence booster that must have been for you to have those multiple competing offers and to make your choice and just downstream of that, right? Like, wow, that was really cool. Had you ever been in that situation before, Ed? No, not at all. I mean, I've I've always tried to get at least one referral or endear myself. Like when I got the bike shop job, I was a customer there and I talked to the people and they liked me and I was I was friends with one of the people that worked there. So I, I got that job doing that. And, mm. you know, when I was doing my education degree, I got my my practicum, the student teaching by going out and shadowing this teacher. And they didn't usually take people on, but they liked me and they gave me a chance there. So these throughout my life, I've been helped greatly by other people mm -hmm. by talking to them and using those soft skills. Um, I've never been in a position where someone's reached out to me and just cold. I'm like, well, no, I, I would like this position actually. And then finding a way to interview through that. And it, it was really a validation of the skills I've built over the last, you know, year, year and a half, and the confidence that I've, I've, I've gained by just being around great people that have helped me and learning more, never stop learning. Yeah. Um, where I felt confident in that position where I wasn't just doing a Hail Mary applying to, I didn't even apply to, you know, 300, 500 positions. This person right. reached out to me. That was the only thing I applied to. I had two others that reached out that were it. It just was not going anywhere, so I didn't apply for them. So it was literally the only other job that I applied for. Um, but just being able to get through that first and second hurdle to talk to a person. I mean, yeah. that's that's always the hurdle. <laughs> and that you're right. And that's another thing that I love about your story and why I'm so glad we can share it with the audience is you never had to worry about getting through the applicant tracking system. You never had to worry about getting noticed about about getting a, a hiring manager to notice you because they came to you. And so you were able to skip all of that uh, tedium of having to customize your resume to get those keywords correct um, and, to, and to try to figure out like, oh, who's the hiring manager and how can I get a message to them? I mean, like all of that, you know, shuffle, uh, it just didn't even happen for you. And not only that, but you're a more experienced interviewer now than you were before, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I, this, these, the interviews, the first one was a behavior interview, but even that was great just to hear again, cause it's been a while. I got that first job, you know, a little over three years ago or whatever. And, uh, that again, I had somebody there. So they, the interview was, Hey, you're going to get your sec plus, right? You're going to do this. So it wasn't, I wasn't getting grilled. It was one interview and it was all coming upon me to get that sec plus. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the next job was just a rollover on the same contract with my current contract supervisor. So it had been a while since I had been in front of someone that was asking me probing questions. And the second interview was a tech interview and it was probably an hour and 15 minutes, wow. hour 20 minutes and asked 20 to 30, maybe even more questions, maybe even more. And like, what's the diamond model? What does that mean to you? Mm -hmm. What is threat hunting? Where would you find indicators of compromise within a file system. 
Um, what is risk? What is vulnerability? Uh, all these, some of them were, you know, that's a lower level question, but you need to know it cold. Right. Um, how would you, what would it mean that somebody is attacking from Russia? And you have to have to back out of that question and say, okay, geopolitical things going on. You have to be creative about it. How would you, how would you direct and deliver a threat hunting program? So I have these, these banks of questions now, 30, 40, 50 of them that I did write them down. I have a, a decent memory. Um, I wrote them all down and I, I knew about 85% of them, which is always a good place to be in. Um, and I did prep for that interview for about a week. I, I looked up threat hunter questions, sock questions. Um, but they asked some, some questions I hadn't even thought of. And that will only help me in the. That's right. It, it, keep your your finger on the pulse of what are people asking mm -hmm. of you for for these types of jobs. It's yeah. It Sooner or later, you're going to go for a threat hunting job, probably, and and now you've got uh, all this interviewing experience and, and extra knowledge. So I mean, it just it was really worth the effort for you to do this in so many different ways. Ed, I'm so happy for you, and I'm grateful again that you came to share your story with everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Um, what I want to do now is is wrap up uh, our time together. So listen, everybody, every episode that we publish, we publish show notes, and you can get those show notes really easily. You just put the episode number. Uh, uh, after our URL. So you, you put yourcyberpath.com forward slash and the episode number, you put that in your in your favorite uh, web browser. This is episode 81. So you just put 81 in your uh, in your web browser there and then you can go check out uh, the show notes and um, you can actually uh, also get a transcript of everything we've talked about. Uh, you can also go to yourcyberpath.com to sign up for my mentor notes. Okay, well, why why should you do that? That's, I mean, you should be asking yourself that question. Well, I've designed mentor notes to teach you how to get into the cybersecurity field and then succeed from all kinds of different different angles. I write about all kinds of different things. Sometimes it's, hey, there's a an apprenticeship program that's open, you know, go check it out. And sometimes it's just, you know, hey, here's a skill or here's a trap that you might fall into at some point. Uh, you want to see this and not fall into it. But each mentor note is practical and short. It's only about 500 words, very easy for, for you to read. And it's easy to unsubscribe in case you don't like it. So I'd like you to give it a try. Go to yourcyberpath.com, sign up for it, see what you think. And uh, in the meantime, Ed, thank you so much for being here. Hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time on Your Cyberpath. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Cyber Path. Don't miss an episode. Press the subscribe button now. If you would like to learn more about how to get your dream cybersecurity job, then be sure to visit yourcyberpath.com, where you can access the show notes, search the archive of our top tips and tricks, and discover some fantastic bonus content.